It's Wednesday, September 29th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes, our tribe beat writer. Hoynesy, the Indians last night uh, lose after, uh, you know, taking the lead early, a game they were really in control of from the very beginning after uh, Royals starter Brady Singer goes out after two-thirds of an inning, uh, only faced five batters. You thought the Indians had the uh, the Royals on the ropes at that point, going up 3 nothing in the first inning. But uh, Salvador Perez, again, uh, the guy that the Indians can't seem to uh, find an answer for, uh, he hits a big home run uh, late in the game, and uh, then Brian Shaw sort of uh, falls apart at, in the eighth inning, and the Indians uh, fall, uh, I, I believe, the, the final was 6-4. Uh, you know, just what did you see last night, and, and how are the Indians going to find an answer for uh, Salvador Perez in these final two games? I think uh, I think uh, Cal Quantrill had the answer for that, that – he suggested that the Royals trade him like yesterday. <laughs> God, that that would that that home run was impressive. That almost hit the uh, scoreboard in, in left field. Four hundred twenty nine feet, just hammered it. The the Royals have a, a Hall of Fame uh, area, like a building out there in, in left field. And I thought as soon as soon as it left the bat, I'm like, that's off the Hall of Fame. Uh, that was uh, a, a real a, a real moonshot. Yeah, I, I think, you know, what we're seeing here, Joe, is uh, we're seeing a season-long problem problem with the Indians' offense where, you know, they just don't generate enough offense to, to be a consistent winner. And now you've got Aaron Savali, you know, coming back uh, from the finger injury after, you know, 77 days on the, on the injured list. And he's, you know, I think he's struggling. He's, he's, he's just not the same guy that, you know, was 10 and two or 10 and three when he got hurt uh, in, in June against the Cubs. And he's given up home runs. He, he's given up nine home runs since he came back, uh, 23 for the season. And, you know, I think, uh, you know, it just shows you how difficult it is to pitch at this level if you take two and a half months off. If, you know, if you just can't bounce back, you know, it's just, it's just a tough, tough job. Well, and, and you know, a guy like, Savali won't make excuses and he'll come in and say uh, things like it was, it was about execution. It was about not executing the right pitches uh, at the right times. But also, I mean, have you noticed anything else about, you know, uh, you know, maybe not just the Savali physically himself, he just doesn't look like himself. Yeah. And I just, I don't think he's really throwing hard, Joe. It doesn't look like, you know, I mean, I think, uh, you know, the home run Perez hit was a split split finger fastball, eighty eight to ninety, I think. I, I mean, and you know, uh, you know, Demarlo Hale just said uh, it's location. You know, it's it's location is not right, and that's why you know people are hitting home runs off him. It just he just looks, I don't know, it just looks like a guy that's kind of staggering to the end. I don't know if they'll give him one more start. If you look at the uh, schedule. He, uh, you know, he could start Sunday in Texas, or maybe this, you know, maybe they just run, run it up the flagpole and uh, pat him on the back and, you know, send him in, into the off season to just to, you know, to kind of regroup and work on some stuff. Yeah. And it's the, the difference between, you know, you had Shane Bieber come out uh, in, in his first start in, you know, a hundred days or so, and he was able to get through three innings and, and looked like, you know, Shane Bieber hadn't missed a beat. 
Uh, it's just different for, for Savali. If you remember, Savali came out and looked, looked pretty impressive in his first outing as well, but then it's been, it's been pretty up and down since then. Uh, the, the Indians offense you talked about, uh, you know, they got the big two-run single from, from Framil Reyes in the first inning. Uh, Brady Singer leaves the game with uh, undisclosed injury. Uh, then the Indians not able to sort of add on with nobody out and runners on base. You had Harold uh, Ramirez hitting into the ground ball uh, double play that, that scored a run, but essentially it, it short-circuited what could have been a big inning. Yeah, Irvin Santana, one of the ghosts from the Indians' past, comes back and uh, throws three scoreless innings against him. He looked like the same guy that you know threw the no-hitter against him in 2011. You know, he really, uh, he did a nice job. He kind of just stopped that offense cold. You know, Ramirez, Jose uh, had a had a double in, uh, a one-out double in the third, but they, then a walk, but they couldn't do anything again. In the, in the fourth, they had a walk and a single with one out and, uh, you know, nothing came of that again. So, you know, this is a team where, you know, this isn't, this isn't a surprise. This is a team that has struggled to score runs. And, you know, usually when they score four runs, you know, that they've got, they've got a great record, but last night, you know, they, they scored three in the first inning and score one, one run the rest of the way, you know, the, for the, for the next eight innings. And you're but like, you said, like you said, they get to the point where they've got, you know, the first two guys in an inning on base and you think, Oh, they're set up for a big inning. They're set up to score, you know, crooked numbers in the, in this inning. And they, they get out of it with no runs or, or one run and, and, and that's why it's the, it's the, the runs they sort of leave on base or leave out there that, that are the frustrating part because you can see that in spots and in flashes that some of these guys can, can actually, you know, hit the ball. It's that they can't string that offense together and, and connect the dots that, that, that really is the frustrating part. Yeah, you have to hit with runners in scoring position. You have to hit with two outs and runners in scoring position. You know, that's, that's what separates teams to me. And there, uh, they have not done that. Is there something to hitting as a team and learning in that next step as to how to hit as a team, not just hit individually? Because hitting individually, it looked like there, there were guys that you're getting on base and, and they're doing it, but you've got to do it as a, as a unit as well. Yeah, I think it is. You know, I think it, it's, you know, I just think uh, – yeah, I think you have to take that approach. And I think, you know, when you have so many young guys that you're filtering in and out of the lineup here, you know, that that kind of works against the team concept. I mean, you're you're trying to get these guys exposure. Uh, you know, guys are playing two and three games at a time. Then, you know, the, then they get replaced. Uh, I don't know if you, you can really find a groove that way. Um, but, you know, everybody knows how to hit here. I mean, you know, they wouldn't be here if they didn't. And uh, I think you just, uh, you know, when 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 you don't have that 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 consistent production from not just the top three guys or not just the two middle guys, you need you know you need eight or nine guys, you know, functioning. And you know, it, it never works like that. But at least four or five guys in your lineup have to be hitting at the at the same time. And the Indians have rarely had that this year. Right. Uh, a, that loss last night really sort of puts the Indians in a position where uh, they have to win out five, the last five games of the season 
in order to, to make it a winning season record-wise, uh, in order to get to those um, 82 wins that would, that would qualify that as a winning season, uh, five more wins are, are, are necessary here. Uh, it would continue a streak of, what, nine? It would make it nine, game, uh, nine seasons in a row. Uh, with a winning record, uh, DeMarlo Hale talked about how, you know, those uh, he, he sort of wants to keep that going for Tito. That's that's something that uh, that is sort of on their minds and important to them. Yeah, I think it is, uh, you know, especially with DeMarlo. I mean, you know, he's he's I think he's done a good job. You know, I think he's been in a tough spot right now. The Indians are 27 and 31, you know, with since uh, DeMarlo took over the ball club, you know, in, at the end of uh, July. And, uh, you know, he said that, you know, he would love to extend this streak for Tito. Um, you know, even, you know, if they finished 500, I think that would kind of be, you know, a moral victory. But uh, so, but they're in a tough spot. Now they got to win five straight. And that's, you know, the Joe, they've only done that once this season. That's their longest winning streak. So I think we talked about that yesterday on the podcast. So, you know, it, it's going to take, it's going to take, they're going to have to jump through, jump through some hoops to do this. All right. Uh, one more thing I wanted to bring up and, and sort of mention Brian Shaw. Uh, he's had a, a miracle season. Uh, it was something that nobody expected to see out of Brian Shaw uh, coming back to the Indians after uh, three seasons away and, and sort of just picking up where he left off uh, back in, you know, 2017. But you know, Shaw, to me, it looks like maybe might be running out of gas here at the end of the season. Uh, as soon as I say that, he's going to come out and have like a one, two, three inning. And that, that's just typical Brian Shaw. But every time you want to throw dirt on him, he, he just bounces back and, and he's just resilient like that. Uh, could this be the, the last go around here with uh, with Brian Shaw or or do you think there's a possibility we see him again next season in Cleveland? You know, I, I think the odds are probably that this is this is the end. You know, this was a you know one year deal, uh, kind of come in, make good on a contract in spring training, and he made the club uh, last night. He tied uh, Cody Allen for you know the club record with uh, 456 relief appearances. <clears throat> I'm sure he'll break the record in the next five games. Uh, and the thing is, Joe, this guy is 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 leading the American League in in, in appearances. Uh, 78 appearances. Um, he's, I think he's third in holds and, you know, last, but, but the one thing that, that we, we have seen from Shaw this year that we usually don't see is his, is his control has been erratic. And, and mm -hmm. last night, you know, he walked a guy, uh, he, you know, he kind of came in, in, in the eighth, um, after, uh, uh, Blake Parker, you know, gives up the, the one out single to, to Merrifield. Then, uh, you know, Nicky Lopez, who's having a great year, you know, really battles him and hits the triple to put to break the tie and get, you know, give them, give Kansas city the lead. He strikes out a guy. Then there's a walk, then there's an error, then there's a strikeout. And, uh, you know, so, you know, it's, it's been that kind of year for him. I mean, I think overall his numbers are very good. You know, this is a guy that takes the ball every day, uh, you know, 77 appearances. He's 32 years old. I think he's third in the, in the big leagues. It was about 78 innings pitched. He's done a nice job, uh, but will he be back next year? I, you know, I would think, you know, they have other pitchers to look at, but that's just me, just from the outside looking in. But this is a team that's really good at building bullpens, 
and they know they've got some young arms, but they they also know that, that they're going to have to have some veteran guys like Parker and Shaw and Nick Whitgren. And I don't know right. if it's so right. guys, but maybe guys just like that that come back next year. Right. And that was a reason why, you know, they, they broke camp this year with a guy like an Oliver Perez and, and he spent as much time with the, the yeah, club as he did. That's a good point. So, you know, maybe there is something to Brian Shaw sneaking in on the roster next year. If, if, if that's something that he wants to do, I, who knows? We'll, we'll, we'll wait to find that out. But uh, yeah, one thing is the only thing that is that I know for sure and for certain is that sometime between now and Sunday, Brian Shaw will pitch again for the Cleveland Indians. That will happen. He will make uh, one at least one more appearance and, uh, and and break that record that he has tied with Cody Allen. It, it, it just think about Allen and, and Shaw, Joe. They, they pitched together, what, for about four or five years with the Indians. And I mean, those guys, if you look We're back in every at, game. It was unbelievable. And and they were very, very good. You know, they'd have one hiccup here or there. But, I mean, Tito used those guys. I mean, there were 70 to 80 appearances a year for, like, a, maybe a four-year stretch when, when the Indians, you know, were kind of hitting on all cylinders. And you just don't find relievers like that, I don't think. And for Shaw to still be putting up these numbers is is, is amazing. Yeah, uh, it, when when – when when Tito's elected to the Hall of Fame, as he goes out for his speech, he should be carried out there by Brian Shaw and Cody Allen. That's yeah. the, the, the two horses. Tito should carry those guys out there. <laughs> yeah, the, the two horses that he rode for uh, yeah, yeah, you know yeah. five seasons as as manager of the Indians. Uh, uh, let's talk uh, a little bit here about the the playoff picture, the playoff situation. Last night was a pretty crazy night in the American League. Uh, the um, the Yankees beat the Toronto Blue Jays in a in a big series. There, they they go up what two and a half games uh, in the American League Wild Card race. Uh, obviously, the um, the chase for the the division is over. You know, with with Tampa already in, in front, but uh, the Yankees now uh, ahead of the Red Sox for in the second spot. Seattle closed to within a half game of the Red Sox by beating Oakland for the 11th straight time, which is crazy. Seattle, uh, you know, Seattle's basically a team full of 19, 20 year olds and Scott service, I think is, is quickly earning one of my votes here for, uh, for in the manager of the year race uh, who knows which, which one it'll be, but uh, Seattle, if they can jump into the wild card game uh, that that's just insanity but right now they're in a pretty good position because the Yankees play the the Blue Jays what two more times and yeah. then uh, you know the the Red Sox uh, have some work to do yeah definitely uh, you know Seattle is is nine and one Joe they've won they've won nine of their last ten last night like you said they beat the A's four to two and then Boston has lost four straight Mm -hmm. And uh, they got beat by the Orioles last night. Right. So, you know, they're, 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 they're probably ringing. You, you could sit. I wonder how things are going in Boston right now. Is anybody, how many people are jumping into the Charles river or whatever they're doing? I mean, they, they, they've got to be wringing their hands in, in, in Boston. I mean, they spent so much time in first place in the division uh, early on in the season. And, and then they just basically in the, the rest of the division, Pass them by, uh, you know, about uh, after the All Star break, and and the uh, Yankees are the Yankees are really a strange club, Joe. They went thirteen straight. 
Then they go into that long funk. Now they've won seven straight and they're playing a team, you know, that, that was chasing them, that, that was trying to overtake them in Toronto. And, uh, and, and the Blue Jays are, you know, they're one game back as well. They're one game behind Seattle now and uh, right. one game behind uh, Boston. So it, it, it's, it's a great race going down to the last week of the season. I mean, this is what, what Bud Selig had in mind when he put the two wild cards in. So, you know, it'll keep your attention for sure. Right. I caught some of that uh, Toronto Yankees game uh, last night and just the, the environment there in, in at, at Rogers Center, they've, they've let more fans into the building. So yeah, that, that's one of those places where if they were at full capacity, that would be a huge factor. But yeah, uh, it, it's still, a, um, you know, a, a great environment for them uh, to be playing up there right now. I uh, want to put our attention on the uh, the NL wild card where, you know, the Cardinals haven't lost in their last 17 games. Uh, if that sounds familiar, the Indians had a streak in 2017 of 22 consecutive games, uh, still the longest consecutive wins streak in uh, baseball history. Uh, the, the Giants back in, what was it, 20, uh, 1916 had 26 uh, games without a loss, but there were a couple of ties in there. Uh, so that's not consecutive wins. Uh, that's still recognized as the longest winning streak, though, uh, by Elias Sports Bureau. So the, the Giants, 26 games in a row, uh, longest in the NL. Uh, the next longest National League streak was 21 games by the Chicago Cubs in 1935. But the Indians' 22-game streak is one that I think a lot of people still have fresh in their mind. Uh, that was back in 2017. Uh, for the Cardinals, if they win out the rest of the way, they would be at 22 games in a row, and we'd have to wait the whole offseason to see <laughs> if they could break it on opening day next year. Uh, but uh, obviously, the don't put the cart before the horse. The, the Cardinals have won 17 in a row. Uh, they clinched the uh, National League postseason berth last night. They will play uh, whoever wins the National League West, or whoever, I'm sorry, whoever loses the National League West title. Uh, between the Dodgers and the um, Giants, that that series that's going on right now will will determine who wins that uh, and who hosts the Cardinals in the uh, the NL Wild Card. Uh, that team, the team that will host the NL Wild Card game, will have the second best uh, will be have the the second best record in baseball. Just so you know, that's yeah. I mean, what the Giants and Dodgers both have over a hundred wins. Mm-hmm. I think the, the Giants are still leading that division by two games, the NL West. And Joe, I was just wondering, you know, I, I thought when you look back at 2017 with the Indians winning those 22 games in a row, do you think that kind of, did they kind of burn themselves out in that streak when they got uh, to the uh, postseason? A hundred percent. You and I both agree on this, that they're, they, if they had not had to go through that, you know, winning streak and endured that, uh, I, I think they would have been better set up and better, uh, you know, sort of situated for their run in the playoffs. Uh, and there, there was a degree of burnout, I think, from that. Uh, heading. They won't say it not, to a man. None of them yeah. will say that. But, uh, you know, I think there's something to that. Uh, so maybe the, the, the Cardinals' streak right now is working against them. Yeah, so that's going to be interesting to watch when they get into the postseason, see how they do. Um, 
because what the Indians, what that was the year they played the Yankees and went, they won the first mm-hmm. two games and then lost three straight, right? In, in the yeah, then Aaron Judge, Aaron Judge robbed uh, a Francisco Lindor home run right. in Yankee Stadium, and uh, it, and and Greg Bird of all people hit one, and they, they lost that game. I think one nothing. Um, yeah, Bird I believe hit that ball off of Andrew Miller. So yeah, it might be. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, yeah, I, I just, it, it's interesting. Uh, do you think anybody in Cleveland is pulling for the Cardinals to lose a game here in the, in the last five, just to, to be able to preserve that streak for, for the Indians sake? Oh, I'm sure there are. I'm sure they're, they're fans, uh, you know, counting these days down, but what a run the Cardinals are. Well, that's, yeah, it's amazing. that's late. They, I mean, that brought them back into the postseason, right? I mean, they, had, they were on there. When their winning streak started, they had a 2.8% chance, according to Fangraphs, uh, of, of making the postseason. And throughout the streak, they went from 2.8% and basically out of the playoffs hunt to, you know, being in the driver's seat. And now, now locked they, they, they qualified. They, they won last night. So that's a great story and just a great baseball town, too. I'm, I'm sure the Cardinal fans are loving every minute of it. Yeah, the the rich get richer. It's just uh, you, you know you know what seriously that that's what it is. Uh, every time that something good happens in St. Louis, I'm like, yeah, that's nice, but God, everything they always they always win. Uh, uh, somebody else let somebody else win. Let the team that hasn't won since 1948 win. For Christ's sake. All right, it doesn't uh, happen by accident, Joe. I uh, know, I know. All right, Hoinsey, uh, we've got uh, what Zach Plesac tonight. In, yeah, Plesak's uh, going tonight against um, uh, uh, Kansas City's lefty uh, Daniel Lynch. Uh, Plesak's been, you know, he's got ten and six, so this will probably be, I would think, maybe his last start. So hopefully he can finish on a good note. Yeah, and and, and the Indians have have eaten Lynch uh, alive. They've they've uh, they've they've hit against him real well. So. Uh, we'll see. We'll see how things shake out. And we'll, we'll talk to you again tomorrow here on the Cleveland Baseball Talk Podcast. All right, Joe.